0: and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. So, Ed, here we are, sitting in the piney woods along the shore of the great lakes and it is there's a breeze while the weather permits here we are yeah and And soon enough there but there's a breeze it is it's wonderful i know it feels really really good and it's like it the breeze is whispering i think one of us
1: needs to run to the gas station and get pizza and the other one we need to call our wives and say just get over here we're well yeah let's say
0: you know because see there's this gas station a couple of miles up the road so I, i the listeners don't really know about this but we're in the remote um secret location And there's, uh, I don't know, two miles up the road, there's this, this rural road, there's this gas station and the gas station has pizza. It's like a convenience store there. And, and I discovered a number of years ago, (laughs) it's pretty good pizza. So I often go get, um, gas station pizza and, well, last, yeah, last, last time we recorded, you brought pizza. Yeah, gas station pizza. It was fantastic. And we sat here in the in the woods and ate gas station pizza while we while we talked about Catholicism. And uh, and now we have the wind whispering through the pines, and right. the listeners will undoubtedly hear the wind whispering through the pines. Right. And we're going to talk about uh, well the kinds of things we normally talk about uh, here with Ed the Protestant and I. And we're going to talk about something today that really is like a substantive issue in terms of Ed the Protestant and Greg the Catholic. Uh, which is, uh, well, we're going to talk about how to choose a church. Why don't you frame the conversation for us, Ed? Well, it's it's
1: all the buzz among my Protestant friends, and it has been for years. Which church do you go to? Oh, that's a really good church. I like their pastor over there. Oh, uh, well, you should hear the music over at this church. Well, they have a great kids program. And there's just this general feeling that you've got to find the church that fits you. And, and that that's the most important thing. And you, we, could, we could list all afternoon the things that, you, the criteria for finding a
0: church that fits you, right? The coffee. Well, yeah. Okay. So let's put it this way. We, we, um, we've both been on both sides of this equation, yeah. maybe on all three sides of the equation. So we both have at different times in our life had to choose a church. Yep. You know, because you and your... Whether you as, you know, before you were married or you as your family said, hey, we've moved to a new town or we're in this new community and we need to pick a church. And we've both been on church staff where it was our job to (laughs) get more people, to attract more people to our- To make our church better than the rest. Well, yeah, to attract more people, right? So what do we have to do to get more people in the door here kind of thing? Uh, when people to our side, you know, grow our church. So we've been on the, on the sort of consumer side and we've been on sort of the, the, the sales side of it, but also the advice giving side, because we both have people in our lives, friends, family members, whatever, who maybe they're not going to church now and would like to start, or maybe they have moved to a new town or whatever. And they've got a. They, they want to pick a church. So the question becomes, now they're going to kind of go around and try this one and this one and this one, and go up and down sort of the corners, you know, yep. in the town and try the various churches. and And the question is, what is the criteria? Like how do you select a church? right. and And I, like I said, we you and I have been on all sides of this equation. Right. and And recently, um somebody came to me and said, "Well, you know, my wife and I, we we're, uh, were expecting kids and we want our kids to grow up in the church. We haven't been going for the last few years. We kind of grew up in churches, but we haven't been going in the last couple of years and we'd like to to choose one. And so we've kind of gone to a few in the town and we're not really sure how to pick one and what advice right. do you have? So I said, hey, Ed, let's, let's talk about this. What advice would we give to them about how to ch- choose one? Right. And I think... <clears throat> you, you have to ask the right question or, or you just end up bouncing around. Um, Let's talk about the premise behind the question. Because I, I think behind that question, there is a premise. And the premise is, at least with respect to Christianity, that all these churches are essentially the same thing. Right? Like right. the substance. They all basically believe the same thing. They all believe in Jesus and God and Jesus and salvation. Right, And so the notion is, is that there is a kind of generic Christianity, a sort of baseline generic Christianity that runs through all of them. Right. And so you're going to get more or less the same thing. The difference is, it, it, it's like you go to the grocery store and you go to the cereal aisle. Right. Right. And here, like, you know, is 40 feet of cereal. Right. Right. You know, 40 linear shelf. That could be space. the name of my autobiography. <laughs> 40 linear feet of shelf space of of cereal. And, you know, I suppose if you took all of this stuff and put it in a beaker, in a, in a lab, it all is probably the same stuff. It's all the same, you know, right. vitamins, minerals, and chemicals. But they've, all of the different cereals have been um, shaped and formed into right. sort of different <laughs> shapes, right. textures, colors, right. and flavors. And so you you essentially ask, well, it's all going to be essentially the same thing. Which which is the one that I like the most? Right. Which shape, right. color, taste best suits me? And so that's the premise that's behind the question: How do I choose which brand of cereal or which brand of church to go to? And I think I think we want to look at that premise yeah we need to challenge the premise right that has been
1: it that sort of s- sums up my lifelong drifting from one
0: church to the next uh maybe for those, for those listeners who haven't heard over the last 135 <laughs> episodes your evolution why don't you just real quickly tell us because you have been through this i have uh, if you actually want to hear me
1: lay it all out it's it was episode 7 which was the first one i was in but you know i was a baptist raised up in the baptist church but that didn't seem like it had enough oomph to me uh i got involved in the charismatic church next after that sort of generic charismatic church not assembly of god not pentecostal just generic and that was probably another 16 or 17 years and then i got uh that seemed uh, weird and wonky to me so that wasn't right so i ended up in the church growth movement like the willow creek saddleback church uh, movement for another 16 or 17 doings. And I, I worked for a big church doing that, doing music. And for a lot of the time it felt like, man, this is it. This is what I'm doing. And then, you know, and then I, I soured on that because it, it really wasn't what I was looking for. And then you and I
0: were in uh, the, the hipster groovy church for a while. In and early 2000s, mid 2000s, yeah. there was this uh, kind of, thing that was hot for a while of like the coffee house, hipster church. And right. and we were both part of this kind of hipster coffee house vibe, right. you know, a thing in a downtown area with college students and all this. and
1: Right. And so, and so I, you know, I ended up working off and on for, I spent 10 or 12 years doing that. And then I would lead, I led worship at a couple of small churches, a couple of years here and there. But I all there's I don't I don't like this I don't like this theology I don't like this I don't like that, and it it led me to a, a a big restlessness that you saw and challenged me on and said I think maybe you need to come and talk to me about Catholicism and I thought at the time maybe he's right at least that's an avenue I haven't gone down and you know so now over the last that was uh, what we've been I've been in the podcast since March of last year. So it's been, you know, 14, 16 months, whatever. I've come a long ways. A yeah. Long I mean, ways we that. get,
0: we get listener mail emails and i love to get the emails from our listeners. Uh, greg at considering Catholicism.com or just considering Catholicism at com. And I love your stories, but you know, Ed, you have fans. Um, there's people who say, man, I'm just, I love hearing Ed's story and watching his or listening to his evolution and uh, there's a lot of people who've written and said, "I'm exactly where Ed is." Like Ed is me. I, I think it's very common. Yeah, which is why I feel like I need to speak my mind
1: because I I think I represent a ton of people.
0: You know, well, you do, and and you know, for for me too. I mean, I, I've I've been through this this journey. So I I encountered Christianity first through campus ministries uh, as a college student. Yeah, and this was you know, these kind of uh, non-denominational evangelical campus ministries. So Campus Crusade and InterVarsity and Navigators and the first churches that I went to or, you know, went for a Sunday or something to during that time were like these Jesus, contemporary Jesus movement churches. So like Calvary Chapel, very first church I ever walked into for a worship service was Calvary Chapel and a lot of the people that uh, which was a big thing back in the 70s and 80s yep. in California. Yep. And, um, you know, the the first people I met in campus ministry was all Calvary Chapel stuff. But then, and then, you know, church shopped all through college and whatever. And, you know, went to a Lutheran church and a Baptist church and a, this church and a, that church and, you know, tried them all. Kind of as a college student, went to different churches looking for girls. Right. You know, like when you're a college right. guy, and you're like, well, let's go check this. And are there any girls right. there, you know, and right. our age and... You know, but, but went around, in you know, more seriousness went around and, and tried to understand all of them because I was a history of philosophy major. And so, you know, I, I had some, you know, kind of knowledge right. and background of this. And so I was trying to figure it out yep. and, um, you know, ended up in a, in a reformed Calvinist denomination, yep. you know, went to seminary, committed to working in that as a you know, as an ordained pastor for 10 years, and then went out and became, got into Christian publishing and worked as a consultant and traveled all around the world and all around the US, just sort of consulting with Christian authors and pastors and churches about you know how to grow their churches and publish right. their ideas and do all these things. And so in that context, I met like every stripe of church and in the Christian world in America and South America and Europe and Asia and whatever. And then ended up, you know, making a decision, uh, to right. enter the Catholic church. So, so I guess like all that's to validate this journey where, you know, both Ed right. and I, and I think a lot of people uh, do what, what's, you know, church shopping. Right. And we've sort of bounced and round and shopped around.
1: I had this the, I had this list in my head, you know, is, uh, do I like the preaching? Do I think that pastor is a good speaker? I went to one, Molly and I went to one church where we loved the music, and I thought, that guy's talking to me like I'm in sixth grade. I can't sit through this every week. And uh, then we'd go someplace where, um, I, you know, I, like, do I like how it makes me feel? Is this exciting
0: and new, like the love boat, you know? Um, but what runs through, what you just it, said, what runs through all that? What's the common, common denominator? My own...
1: My, uh, my, own happiness, my me. own,
0: yeah, yeah me, Does, yeah. This suit me. Does, it, it is back to the cereal aisle in the grocery store. Right. And I go up and down and I go, here's, here's, you know, crunch berries. I used to like the captain crunch, the peanut butter, captain crunch. Right. Oh, but you can go, you know, then there's the raisin bran. And you get super yeah. healthy and go to the great nuts. So you can do it. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, right. I'm just shopping for the thing that is the color texture taste that, right. That I like. Right. And it's, and it, with the it's, assumption that it's all going to have about the same nutritional value.
1: Right. And that if I find the magic combination, there we go. Yeah. But, but I, I never found it. And I, and I got tired of looking and I got disillusioned about, about it, you know. And, and you said something many years ago when you preached in the hipster groovy church where I was, you know, volunteering on stage playing my guitar that you said to me, you said to me privately, you said, the thing I like about, the Catholic church is that God is big and I am little. And it's the opposite way around in, in the Protestant church and that you don't change God to suit yourself. You change, your, you change yourself to suit God. And how can I, if I'm church shopping for personal reasons, how can I find someplace where I can be told and taught and discipled into changing myself to fit God when they're constantly asking me, uh, how could they change God so that I would like him? Right.
0: I mean, G.K. Chesterton says something, I don't know the exact quote, but something to the effect of, you know, Catholicism is a recognition that, you know, or having the humility to admit that you aren't particularly very, you aren't particularly important. Right. Right. And there's something that's bigger than you. There's people that are smarter than you and they have been for 2000 years and that you're, you're sort of a small part of something bigger and you, you, you aren't you know, you're important to God, but you aren't particularly important. It isn't about you. Right. Um, But let's go back to this, this thing for our listeners who, some of them, if they're listening to this podcast, then I assume that they're considering Catholicism. Right. And maybe they or their friends or family are going, well, how do I just pick a church? Right. So, so what is the criteria? So you move to a town, Right. Or you get married or you're going to have kids or whatever this life... Cer- There's some like right. a life change right. that occurs that says, well, I, either I haven't been going to church or I'm just Saturday where I am and I've got to choose a new church. So what criteria do I apply? And you mentioned a lot of the common criteria. So I say, well, okay, the, you know, where are there people who, who are like me? Right. Right? People of my right. age... Um, temperament, economic class, right? Right. Tastes, you know, so you can a lot of times tell that when you drive into a parking lot, you go the way that people dress and look in the cars and you walk in and you go, I fit in here. Like these people are similar to me. Like that's like the first thing, nobody wants to go somewhere you stand out and you feel like out of place. Right. So that the first question is, well, where do I feel like I fit in, you know, I'm one of the crowd. Yeah. And then, and then you typically will walk in and we had, oh my goodness, when I was in a consultant in the church growth world, we had all this data on how people choose churches, at least at that time, right? And I mean, you know, like survey data, pulse groups, all this stuff, right? Like, I mean, you have all these surveys and pulse group stuff, you know, but it was that there was one I remember um, where they had all this data that they they said, uh, if a couple goes to church... Men choose the church based on the quality of the sermon. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. And women choose it on the quality of the bathrooms. Oh, there we go. Because yeah. like if men go in there and they feel like this guy talked and it was right. intellectually satisfying, this all seems like incredibly sexist to me. Um, right. <laughs> I'm not sure I really want to go there, but that women go there and if the bathrooms were clean and nice, they want to oh. go there. It seems like condescending and patronizing and sexist. But right. Maybe there was something to some of that, but you know, uh, but they also like the music. Sure. You know, the music seemed really uh, whatever in whatever way, shape or form you know, yep. I liked it, or it was funny, or it was you, you, right, or like how many times in that world, you and I? I mean, I, when I was working in the mega church world, we we put Starbucks Starbucks franchises in the lobby. Sure, you literally did. I mean, you had a mega church, you call Starbucks, just like you have the Starbucks that go in a grocery store. Yep, you call those people that's sort of a yep. division of Starbucks, and you put a Starbucks franchise in the lobby and people come right. and they go look there's Starbucks I can pick up a Starbucks and I can do this and I can wander into the bookstore and they've got t-shirts or they've got I remember the ones where you know the they'd put a skateboard park inside the building sure. for so you could drop your kid your little middle schoolers off and they could right. skateboard while you got your Starbucks and went and heard the right the the preacher and the band and you know so there's a thousand of these things that they did to sort of appeal to you much in the same way that the, you know, the cereal on the, on the grocery aisle right, tries to connect with various consumers. And
1: here's the, this is, this was, uh, well, there were a whole ton, now that, now that I've been thinking about this for a couple of years, there were all these turning points, but here was one. I was, uh, one small church I worked for doing worship, they brought in a consultant mm-hmm. and he said, among all the other things he said that he suggested, um, he said that, you know, you have to remember that young people, and he had a Gen, whatever, Gen Z, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I lost g- track uh, of them all. Yeah, I, and, and they can't all be, we've got like 16 or 17 of those, they can't all have been in the last 50 years. That's not a generation. Anyway. Get off my lawn, That's right. Kids. Yeah, that's right. Um, he said, remember that these young people, 20-somethings, I think, consider truth to be their truth. And they're looking for their truth and not your truth, but their truth. And I said, I raised my hand and I said, okay, but surely you can't be saying that we will tell them that whatever they want to believe, they can. That's not why you go to a church. And he said, and his answer was uh, a little bit vague. Well, no, we want to, um, you know, we want to make sure they hear the gospel, but we have to keep in mind. and, And I think that this is a back way of getting into what what it is we're talking about yeah. here and that is i remember sitting there thinking i want to know what the truth is and
0: right i mean okay so right like we said a minute ago like the grocery store or cereal aisle that right. there's a premise and maybe just maybe that premise at least within american evangelicalism dates back to some time 50 60 70 years ago when you could say you could go to any town USA, some some kind of, you know, classic town in the Midwest, you know. Right. And you kind of walk into any town USA and there's, you know, 20 churches in town. On this corner is a Presbyterian church. On the opposite corner is a Lutheran church. On the corner, other corner is the whatever the baptist church and the episcopalian church and whatever and everybody's a member of the chamber of commerce and everybody you know works right. at the local factory or farms yeah. and you know we're all neighbors and 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 really you know we're all you know christians and we all have sort of a baseline we all believe in jesus that jesus was The son of God and, you know, he rose on the third day and, uh, right. And everybody believes you shouldn't cheat on your wife and you should pay your taxes. Right. Right. I mean, so this is a broad consensus. Right. Right. Uh, and then it became the differences were differences of flavor and texture. Right. So right. the Baptists, you know, they like to stomp about and right. sing a certain way, and then the Presbyterians are a little more reserved, and the right. the, the Lutherans, the guy wears a robe, and you know whatever. Right. right. And so there were these kind of minor, sort of stylistic differences, but there was a basic kind of core consensus. Here's the thing, for me, the 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 first question, the first criteria is is whether that church represents the truth, yeah and not my truth it's right. it, it and that really is a prior philosophical thing, right? Uh, the difference between sort of the postmodern world right you know and sort of the classical world, the notion that there's objective truth, right. so two plus two equals four it just yeah. does uh, I, if you think it equals five, then you know you're wrong right. um. And that, like, man, that went out the door because now we can't say what a woman is. Right. Right? I mean, we literally can't say two plus two equals four anymore. I mean, you know, the woke stuff or, you know, the whatever, you know, cultural Marxism that tells you two plus two, we can equal whatever it is. And a woman is a whatever. And there's 74 genders of, and you know, you can't believe anything and... There's no objective truth. And so we've come into a philosophical place as a society where the notion that there is objective truth is largely scorned, but there is objective truth. That's all, right? right. So the question is, you know, for me, if I'm going to choose a church, as much as I want to choose one that I feel like I, I have something in common with the people right. and we all share similar you know, we drive similar cars and wear similar clothes and have socioeconomic class, and we all like the sort of same music. And the pastor is right; it you know, connects with us all. Blah 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 blah. As much as I want those to be the criteria, let me hypothesize, or let me you know formulate a hypothesis where your scenario where you have uh, Church A and Church B, right? Okay. So I moved to a town and and in church A, everybody kind of looks like me or is very similar to me in the sense that like, you know, we have all this stuff in common and I pull into the parking lot and feel like, oh man, all these people can be my, you know, my buddies. Mm. And I walk in, the bathrooms are clean, of course, (laughs) for my wife, Uh, but I walk in and um, whatever it is that, you know, sort of... You know, gets my jollies, rings my bell, scratches my itch musically. Right. The the music is like you know, right. Right. What I like, and the pastor, uh, whoever he is, is somebody who you know is appealing to me, and his sermons are good. Right. So basically, everything about this church, from from the standpoint of how it appeals to me, connects with me, is a plus. Okay. Yep. But this church believes that uh, Xanadu the alien, <laughs> right? Who, who Okay, I'd go there once. Yeah, this, yeah. The Xanadu the alien uh, formed life on earth and right. uh, they have uh, three extra books in the Bible. Right. And uh, they, I don't know, want to sacrifice... The virgins to, in the right. volcano or something right. right Or they teach some you know whatever. and then there's Church B, and Church B has a bunch of people across the street, and Church B has a bunch of people who don't look like me. They are either older than I am or they're younger than I am, or they're a different socioeconomic class, or they speak a different language language, or they dress differently or they wear different kinds of cars, whatever I do not fit in and. The music is not to my taste. It's not the kind of music I would listen to in the car. And the pastor or whatever is just like not a person that I feel like warm right. fuzzies about. Right. What he preaches, I'm convinced, is the absolute truth of the ages and the truth of Christianity. Right? right? Yeah. And, and the teachings of this church and its doctrines and practices... Go back to the first century apostles, right, um, and are consistent with everything that Peter and Paul and James and John, you know, took from Jesus and handed down. Now, what I've described is is in many ways your typical Catholic parish, right? Because you're going to go to your typical Catholic parish, and there was once a uh, uh, an English, a British convert, I think, in the 19th century, who was uh, some kind of a British aristocrat. And he decided to convert from the Church of England to Catholicism. And I can't remember the details of the story, but it goes something like this. His, his, his mother said, oh, but dear, when, when you go to mass, you'll be kneeling next to the help.
1: Right. <laughs> to the servants, <laughs> right.
0: Right. And you go, I know. And so I go in here and I go, these people, they're all kind of like, I don't, like, I don't. So I go to this Catholic parish and I go, you know what? You know, there's people who are poorer than me and richer than me and they drive different cars than I do and they're this and they're that and they speak different languages and I don't really right. fit in or connect and, you know, the music, there's an organ or there's a this and they play songs and I listen to, you know, right. uh, uh, you know, country pop in the car right. or whatever and then the, the pastor is kind of mumbles right. in the sermon and nobody sticks around and gives me coffee and don't, uh, you know, during coffee and donuts and chats me up. And, you know, so there's your typical Catholic parish, whereas across the street is, you know, the hip groovy church of the Xanadu worshiping, you know, whatever. Right. So the question is, which one do you choose? Because if your criteria is going to be about, what, where you fit in and where you feel comfortable you're gonna choose the weird Xanadu alien worshiping right. church across the street because it's got the hip and groovy pastor and the great band and the, the bathrooms and the Starbucks and the this right. and you fit in or whatever it is and the Catholic parish across the street is gonna seem weird the difference is the Catholic parish in my opinion the you know the, 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 right. the you know the faith the gospel that was once and for all given to the saints to the apostles down through the ages. Yep. Well, I can, if I want to find a club, there's no, there's no uh, lack
1: of clubs I could find to join that right. suit me. Right. And that, and, and this is, um, but that doesn't make it a church. And I'm not interested in um, joining a club that I'm not interested in joining a church like I would join a club. I want, I want to know what the truth is. And my search for all of this, all my life, I'm, uh, in a couple of weeks, I will turn an age that, uh, I don't even want to say out loud. A certain age. A certain man of, a man of a certain a man age. of a certain age. Um, right. I catch my reflection in the <laughs> store window and I think there's an old guy following <laughs> me. Uh, where was I going with this? As I, um, as I get older, I want, I want to know what all this is, what the, the real truth is. And I want to go someplace where they'll tell it to me and I can, and I can choose. I want, I want to know what the truth is and I'm not interested anymore. In the trappings, if the truth isn't there, I'm not interested in making this be, if you, if you're, if you're looking for a church and you're, and those other things are the most important thing, then you're looking for a club. In my opinion, you're not looking for, you don't look for a church. And this is what over the last year and a half uh, or two, Catholicism has, has never, as I've investigated it, Catholicism has never misstepped in my opinion, when it comes to the truth me and then go home thinking no i don't
0: think that's right okay but it's a hard sell so i know for a fact that you have people in your life in your home right uh for whom it is a hard sell to say let's go over to saint so-and-so's parish right because the moment you pull into the parking lot okay so it was a few years ago i invited some people who are evangelicals go to a very cool evangelical church or whatever. And I invited them to come to mass with me. And they were gracious enough to say, okay, I'll take you up on the invitation and come and see what it is. And I remember I remember feeling like cringe. Right. Like feeling this cringe from the time that they pulled into the parking lot because I knew, I know them. Right. And I spent enough time in that world, my whole life in that world, that I was sort of seeing it through their eyes, yep. and I yep. knew from the moment they pulled into the parking lot that everything was wrong. Right, right. Like everything was just wrong, and they were being nice enough to sit through this, but I could just tell from the time they pulled into the parking lot, from the architecture, from they walked into the, the the building to. You know the people around them. To from the time that the music started, to when the priest walked down, who right. the priest was, how the yep. whole mass unfolded, the stand up, sit down, the songs, the this incense, and this and that—the whole thing, yeah. right? The whole nine yards. I it was an interesting experience because I was sitting next to them in the pew, and I was sort of seeing it through their eyes. You know, because I was able, I'd only been a Catholic, you know, entered the church a few years before, and so I could still see it through their, you know, contemporary evangelical eyes, and I was like, "This is a train wreck, right?" For them. Well, this brings up. Well, you know, I like this is this is a train wreck for them. Like everything, all everything is is wrong from their perspective. So anyway we finished, they're nice, you know, shake hands, blah, 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 thanks for coming, you know, whatever. And, you know, and then I, I run into them or I see them a week or so later and I say, so what'd you think when you came to St. So-and-so's right. to the mass? And they're like, well, they, they were honest. They said, well, now I know I don't want to become Catholic. Right. Because it was just sort of like, kind of yucky yeah from their perspective and i felt so bad right because through their eyes applying their criteria right. to it everything you know with their baked in assumptions and premises uh, was was off-putting
1: well this is this shines a light on how i have always thought i had to proselytize or evangelize because I realize now that I was always thinking, I got it. I want these people that I know that aren't Christians and I wish they were, and I wish they would connect with God and I have to bring them, I'd like to bring them to my church, but it's got to be cool enough. Yeah. Right. So, 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 so if I join the Catholic church, that's all gone. Like, so what am I, uh, what's now, what, now, what do I say now? How do I, help my, my, uh, unsaved friends approach God. How do I do that? That's an entirely different thing. And it shows that I was basing it on my, uh, my being able to sell it based on cultural. Well,
0: things. yeah. Sell so, it on the packaging and the experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, when somebody tells you, Hey, um, there's a new movie out, you know, or there's a new restaurant in town and you go check it out, you go, well, it checked all the boxes. I really liked it. Right. And, and again, it's sort of applying this consumer criteria to yeah, it. And if exactly. you apply um, contemporary, postmodern, global consumer culture, you, you apply that criteria, you see it through that lens, the Catholic Church is not going to look uh, no. a- appealing. I, I told you before we started the recorder, w- w- at one point in our life, uh, we lived in a, a town where there were a lot of Mormons uh, for a few years. And they were, the na- some of our neighbors were just the nicest people. I right. mean, great families, husband, wife, kids. You know, they mowed their lawn and washed their cars and their kids were well-behaved. Right. I mean, just really wonderful people. And I remember friends like, well, you know, uh, man, these Mormons around us are just the greatest people. Like Mormonism must be really fantastic. And I go, I know, but I mean, do you know what a believes and like joseph smith and the thing and the american indians or the lost tribe of the hebrews and you know yeah and they and i and i said all that they go well that just sounds crazy these people wouldn't believe anything crazy and besides you know i don't know that's that's just you know stuff in books like i just know these are great people and and it must be a great thing because these are great people i go i know but i can't worship something that i don't believe is true and at the end of the day christianity comes down to believing that not only that jesus died Uh, and rose again, but that he, he handed off to his apostles. Right. uh, He commissioned them, the great commission, go into all nations, right? This is the end of the gospel of Matthew. Jesus says, go into all nations and make disciples, teaching them to baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. And I'm with you to the end of the age. And he gave that instruction to his apostles. And so the question is, for me, how do I get back? And that was the question for me that brought me to Catholicism is how do I most authentically get back to the church that traces its roots back that is authentically founded on, on the apostles. And that brought me to Roman Catholicism. Now, is that easy to sell to my evangelical friends? Is that easy to say to the young couple that says to me, hey, we're having a baby and we haven't gone to church in years, but we think, you know, like we, we want to raise our kids. Right. So we're trying to choose a church and help us to find one. And what should we choose? And they say, we went over to church A and B and we liked this one and we didn't like this one. And then we went to this St. So-and-so's and... You know, uh, I don't know, we didn't really like the music and the priest seemed a little this or that, and it seems like we don't understand it. And, you know, not all the people were like us or they were older than us or they were younger than us or they were poorer than us or they were richer than us or whatever, you know, and how do I sell it? And I think that's the question is, well, I I can't sell it based on those consumer criteria. Right. Well, and you can't, you shouldn't be selling it at all. Not in that sense. Right. You know? Right. I mean, I think what I have to say to someone is you, you have to do your due diligence. Yes. And that's what this podcast has been about now for 130 something episodes is, and that's why we called the podcast considering Catholicism because it it, it is for those who are considering whether Catholicism is valid and is, is a, is a valid choice. And for 130 something episodes, We've been trying to make the case and we continue, will continue to, that, that Catholicism is authentic and valid and, and you have to get, not going to win for a lot of people and nor should it try to win. Right. Now, I can say that, except that every now and then it, it stuns people because someone goes to visit one of the great cathedrals. You know, they go to Europe and they walk into Shark Cathedral and right. they're overwhelmed by the beauty or they're overwhelmed by some of this and it touches the beauty and the goodness and the truth touches right. them. And, and that is true. And, uh, but if it comes down to sort of competing in the, in, in the postmodern consumer marketplace, I'm not sure, well, I'm not sure I know that Catholicism shouldn't, or Catholic parishes shouldn't try to right. descend into that sort of competition with the other churches on the corner.
1: If I don't like the music, uh, if I like the music at a church and then they get a different music director and I don't like the music, here I go again. and, and i I'm, I'm, I don't want to do that anymore
0: well, when we when we in previous episodes, when we when 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 I took you to a mass and we talked about music and liturgy, the reason why the liturgy is the way it is is because it's it's the right thing to do. And it's right. based on biblical principles and ancient principles and right. I mean, we've unpacked why the liturgy. So there isn't a creative team that sits around and tries to pick the five best songs. Right. It is based on a liturgy, uh, right. a liturgical things based on scripture and ancient practices. And so in a sense, it's trying to do the right thing. the the homily isn't like, let's do a seven part series on, right. you know, what was it you and I were laughing about some um, big mega church uh, that this summer is doing their, their series is, you know, summer at the movies. And so every week the pastor is going to talk about some, you know, the Barbie movie or the Oppenheimer movie or whatever the hot movie is, and somehow try to make a sermon out of it. Right. You know, no, what you're going to have is, is the readings that come from the ancient lectionary. Right. And you're going to have uh, the homily or the teaching based on those readings. You're going to have the prayers that are based on this structure. And the question is, what's valid? What's truth? And so, you know, we always talk about truth, goodness, and beauty, and these are all paths. And there is beauty in the Catholic church. Yep. There's beauty in the mass, and there is goodness in it, and there is truth in it. And the those are the criteria you have to apply. Is this, does this partake of the beautiful? Not do I find it beautiful, but does it to partake of the eternal beauty of God in the church? Right. And does it, does it represent eternal truth? And, you know, for a lot of people go, how do I know that? Well, you have to do the work. Yeah. You have just to listen say to that. this podcast, yeah. watch videos, talk to people, right? I mean, you know, a lot of people are just not going to invest that much effort into No, from
1: the outside, it's going to look like pointy hats and people kneeling and sitting up. It's not, It's not. you, you can't know from, from looking at it from the outside.
0: Yeah. So for those who, you know, are listening to this podcast, you know, part of the, the, the reason for it has to be to give you reasons. Right. Um, to give you reasons to consider that Catholicism if, is true and valid. I'll
1: throw this out here too. if uh, If you're a Protestant and you're struggling with this... And you want to, uh, uh, email back and forth
0: or talk a little bit with me. I'd be glad, well, oh, this is what I think. You know? send, send it, uh, and Ed'll, that'll jump in. You know, you can send it to Greg at com or just consideringcatholicism at gmail.com. Uh, say you want to, you've got a question for Ed or a question, yep. you know, you'd like to have us address or, you know, the same thing for a quarry or anything else, but send it our way. And yeah. we'll we'll take those things on, or we'll send you a private response or whatever. Yeah. but uh, look, you know, these are hard things, and these are hard times, and it takes discernment of truth. And so what I would yep. say to that young couple right now is like, well, I kind of just want to pick a church, you know, as soon as possible, and can you make the decision easy? I mean, on one hand, I would say, well, you can make it easy because I think Roman Catholicism is true. We did an episode way back about you and Corey and I. Where we talked about G.K. Chesterton's famous uh, essay. I was thinking about it. Why I'm a Catholic. And the first sentence of it is he says, Well, there are 10, you know, if if you ask me why I became a Catholic, I could give you 10,000 reasons, but they all boil down to in some form or another because Catholicism is true. Yeah. I I just believe it's true. And so the thing is, as Chesterton said that. I think that's the deal. Now, for somebody to go, How do I know that? Well, you know, you're going to have to do the work. Right, you're going to have to listen to this podcast. You're going to have to read some books. You're going to have to watch some videos. You're going to have to ask some wise people. You're going to have to do some discernment. But that discernment is going to be based on the the premise, the the conviction that two plus two two does equal four. That there is objective truth that you can know. Yeah, there is objective truth, and that in in choosing a church, it's a search for the truth.
1: Yeah. If, you, if you're convinced that there is a God, it, you have to know that it is in your
0: best interest to find
1: out what he's all
0: about. Now, that being said, you do want to find beauty and goodness. Yep. And you can, and it's not an excuse for parishes not to try to represent the, right. the, the, you know, the, the beautiful and the good. Uh, but you may have to adapt your understandings of what is beautiful and good sure. rather than the church. Uh, sort of adapting right. or condescending right. to your notions of beauty and goodness, and and that takes that humility. Yep. As as yeah. as we said earlier, yeah. the humility of recognizing that somehow this isn't about you. In Catholicism, the ultimate acceptance that there's something that's bigger and truer and gooder and more beautiful than you, and that. In the giant scheme of things, you as an individual aren't terribly important. And if you think that is crushing to your ego, well, you know, because really, what that should be is is the comfort of humility.
1: Yeah, I love the feeling of feeling small.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, thanks, Ed. Stuff. All right, good stuff. Bye. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? And please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the church and its saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think. greg at com.